What is up, everybody? It is your gracious and humble host, Nick Stevenson, addressing you one final time as the host of the Smells Like Metal Age Spirit podcast. On behalf of myself, Chris Clark, Naomi Richardson, Joshua Beard, and Chris Kahn, I want to thank you guys so much for not only tuning into this episode, but for all of your support over nearly four years and four seasons of the Smells Like Metal Age Spirit podcast. I'd like to thank everyone who sponsored the show. Stephen Terry, Sarah Copeland, Ron Martin, Ron Barrett, Stephanie Conway, Lisa McGee, Naomi Richardson, Joshua Beard, Brian Wells, Larry Showalter, Anne McKenney, and Retha Jackson. Thank you guys so much. We couldn't have done this without you. Thank you for keeping us going all these years. If you guys get a chance to, head over to the YouTube channel. There's a video montage showing the show from beginning to end, everything in between, and highlighting some of my favorite moments that I hope you guys will enjoy. Well, the time has come. Thank you for tuning in. It's time to say farewell to the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. You're listening to the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. What smells so bad? It's strong. But you'll get used to it. Now here's your hosts, Nick Stevenson yeah, and buddy. Chris Clark. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. Whatever time of day it is, wherever you may be listening in the world, welcome to the final episode of the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast. My name is Nick Stevenson, and I am your gracious and humble host, Sitting directly across from me is my brother from another mother, my road dog, my partner in crime, Christopher Clark. What it do, baby? What's up, my dude? It was three years ago, four months, eight days. Three years. Holy shit. If I'm not mistaken, almost four. Uh, that the Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit podcast began exactly that way, uh, minus the hype gorilla sound <laughs> yeah. and the other sound drops, um, but I thought it'd be only fitting, man. That we uh, we ended the way we started it, and I, I'm so glad that you're fucking here, man. Uh, I'm excited. It's good to have you here, man. It um, it's good to be here. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm I fit so that feeling during the first episode of like I don't know what I'm gonna say. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what I'm gonna do <laughs> exactly. with my hand. I feel the same way, and I don't know if it's just being in front of the microphone again, but <laughs> yeah. I had just like full moment of transparency. I was man, I was fucking ready to go, bro. Like I got this. I'm gonna. I think my mic just cut out. No, you're good. Did your headphones cut out? Yeah, my headphones cut out. All right, give me just a second. Okay. Those aren't the nice headphones. Those are the <laughs> <white ones. laughs> Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Anyways, um, so just no, like but uh, you were saying, yeah, I, uh, I, dude, I was fucking ready to go, bro. Like I had, I was, my confidence was built up. Like I'm like, this is, I'm just gonna slide <laughs> right back into where I was at. Right. I was fucking wrong, bro. Yeah. Like I, I feel nervous just sitting here, and I don't know why. It's, <laughs> I guess it's, it's one of those. It's a good feeling though, man. It is. And um, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I was practicing that intro um, the way that we did it the very first time. Right. And uh, <laughs> this is so stupid, bro. I was riding in my car. And the fact that I even practiced this while riding in my car probably makes me sound like psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I kind of am in like a perfectionist with this stuff. So I was practicing right. that intro. And it just... Like, I'm not going to lie, bro. I got a little bit emotional. Like, damn, this is the last time I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> And I started, you know, in, prepar in preparation for this, I kind of started going back through all of our old stuff. Mm -hmm. 
pretty much listened to everything all the way from me and you starting to, you know, when we finished with the new crew. Right. And um, it was a bittersweet feeling, man. Like, you you know that I have some other ideas and plans right. that I'm thinking about and working on. Um, have you publicly announced those yet? Not yet. Good. I think, uh, yeah, that's that's coming, though. But good, 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 good. I, I think I've kind of hinted around that, like, this is not the end. This is the right. end of Smells Like Middle Age Spirit podcast, right. but it's not the end of my podcast slash media journey. So because this I, is this is something that you genuinely, like, genuinely have a knack for. Like, yeah. this is, you missed your calling when you went to inspection, when you should have been going into radio voice. Something like that. Like, this yeah. is something that you've really found that works for you. Yeah. And I learned from Chris Clark, it's never too late. It's never too late. <laughs> <laughs> So much motivation. So, man, I'm, I'm glad you're here. The topic of at hand for this final episode, I think fittingly, is asking the question, what will your legacy be? Okay. Um, I don't know about you, and this might sound kind of repetitive because we have a couple of interviews that we did with some good friends of ours that have supported the show, sponsored our show. And I said this a couple of times to them, so if it sounds repetitive, I'm sorry. But when I was young, legacy was never anything I thought about. Mm -mm. Neither did I. Like, when I was really young, I just, you know, when you're a kid, you just want whatever makes you happy. Of course. You want toys, you want candy. You instant want gratification. Instant gratification. Mm -hmm. When you become a young adult, you just want money and girls right, right. and nice stuff. <laughs> right. But it's so fitting that we named this show Smells Like Middle-Aged Spirit Podcast. Because I think it encapsulated... Our transition from young adults to middle age. I agree. Perfectly. Right. And like, you couldn't have scripted it any better, really. Like, right. I think when we came up with it originally, we just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, man, that's a right. cool name. Right. And, but, you know, we're going to go through it later. Over the last three, almost four years, there's been a lot of changes in my oh, life. Oh, shit. You ain't playing, dude. In the history of the world. Yep. Yep. Um, and speaking of legacy, it's like... This podcast, we'll, we'll get to it in, like I said, a little bit later, but we've gone through a lot of things in the course of, of doing this show. Right. Um, but as we got to middle age, I think for me is when I started thinking more about legacy. Yeah. And when I say legacy, I mean, what am I, what imprint am I making on this world that's going to last far beyond when, right. I, when I'm no longer yeah, here? Yeah, for sure. So I think... Not just myself and you. We're going to get caught up with everything that's going on with you and talk to you about legacy. Um, but a lot of the people we know also have been conscious of that. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, start, I'll start by asking you. Okay. It's the question I asked some of the other people um, that I interviewed. Compare what legacy meant to you maybe 10, 15 years ago and tell me what legacy means to you now. When you when you hear that word and you think about your legacy, what you're leaving behind, just what does that look like? So just to be fully transparent, 15 years ago, it would have never crossed my mind. I would have never even like 15 years ago, a legacy would have been like something a superhero does. Right. It just I, I honestly didn't know. I didn't know. Um the meaning behind it, I didn't know the effects that it would have on not only people here today, but the people here that'll be here in 50 years. Like that's, yeah. I, you know, 
Um, yeah, for sure. Today, it's something that I think about probably every day because with raising two kids, you have to, I saw something that said they may not see it now, mm-hmm. but they're going to eventually see it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't really know what that means. You go in the comment section, it's like, they're going to see if you were, they'll be able to know if you were a good parent or a shit parent. They're going to be able to know if you tried or you didn't try. They're going to like, they're going to eventually come to terms with what you actually are. Right. And that is what has totally changed my perception of the entire thing. Yeah. Like the only thing, (laughs) the only thing I want is for my kids to be, to know that I tried. Yeah. Genuinely. Absolutely, bro. Let me tell you what I love about your answer. And this is also going to be a familiar theme because it's very similar to some of the other answers you got. Not one time did you mention money, finances. Le- and, and let me fucking... Dude, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. Three years ago, money meant something to me. Yeah. Today, I have seen truly how fast it goes and how fast it comes yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean it is unfucking believable. The um, yeah. like the speed, the warp speed that it'll go through your accounts. Yeah, yeah. You can always get more money. Yeah. You cannot get more time. For sure. And I think we've discussed this probably in past episodes. Your kids aren't going to remember the money anyway. Nope. And I, I I there was a point where I thought legacy meant I had to leave behind enough so money. I. For my kids, right? So they could go to college or buy mm-hmm. a house, like. But something shifted, man, because yeah. <laughs> mostly, uh, fuck them kids. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like I realized that there's no dollar amount that I could leave them that's gonna guarantee nope. that they're good people, that they're happy, that they're successful. Right? There, there just isn't. And I really started thinking about what am I leaving them? What am I leaving behind to them? And right now that book isn't completely finished. Right. There was, I, I, for me personally, I'm getting a little started a little bit late in life, but I want to talk about you and the legacy that you're building now, because okay. to me, it's, it's very inspirational and if there's one thing we always try to do on this show is right. inspire other people to know that anything is possible right. <laughs> if, you, if you put right. your mind to it. So um, I think when we left off, the last time you were here, I don't know if your store had opened yet. Had it? It might actually, you know what? It was. I, I think it was like in the works. Okay. Yeah, so we, what happened was is we, we moved to Wimberley. Our house was listed July 2nd. Mm-hmm. No, let me rephrase that. Me and Haley had a conversation July 2nd. Yeah. And it was a very... It was eye-opening for me. Because I realized how like how done she actually was. Yeah. With being in this type of environment. Yeah. Um, because I live in the fucking clouds, bro. You know that about me. Like, my yes. feet... You've been waiting on that moment since right. I met you. My, my feet don't <laughs> ever hit the fucking ground. And she woke up July 2nd and was like, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, let's sell the house. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. I was like, uh, okay. Like, <laughs> w- 
We've heard this before. <laughs> right. I I totally fucking Excuse me. I totally no, disregarded it. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm serious. I'm like, you have to understand something. The second that this motherfucker is listed, it's gone. Mm-hmm. We were in the fucking peak. Of, I mean, well, in the peak. So like if we were like, it was starting to downturn just a yeah. hair. I mean, just a slightly we, on the way down. This was a Tuesday conversation on a Tuesday. The house was listed on Thursday. We had an open house Friday, Saturday, Sunday, had a cash offer on Monday. Yeah. We were leaving to Wimberley with nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it happened that fucking fast, dude. Swan dive, leap of faith. Right. <laughs> um, we sold off a lot of our shit. All of our shit moved, fit into like one moving truck, and then me and Haley's car and SUV. Yeah. Um, we got there. I hit the ground. I started marketing like crazy. I mean, I hit fucking every door I could knock on trying to land the contract because that's when I transitioned from HVAC into coffee full time. Yeah. And uh, we landed an account with Cactus Coffee. And Brooke is one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. And she's bubbly. She's outgoing. She's free spirited. Like she, when she would walk in a room, she'd light the place up. Yeah. And we walked in there probably, I don't know, two months after we landed or two months after we landed that contract. Yeah. And she was like, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I can't keep up. We're closing the doors. I was like, oh shit. Like, yeah. That was one of your bigger accounts. That was right? one of my big accounts. It took a a, a hot minute to land. Like it, yeah. it kind of freaked me out. Yeah. She's like, "You want to buy it?" I was like, "No." <laughs> like we work e-commerce. Yeah. This is everybody a, knows that Chris has been anti <laughs> for a, forever, right? From, from the beginning, absolutely yes. not. She's got like, cut you a fucking killer deal, and she did. So November twenty eighth, we opened our own coffee shop. We, um, we kept the signs up for about a week. And then completely fucking rebranded everything. Wow. So right place, right time. Hard mm-hmm. work puts you in the right place, right time. Like we don't, I don't want to minimize everybody. Everybody needs a little bit of luck. But in order to take advantage of luck, bro, you got to put the work in to be ready when oh, it strikes. It took a lot just to get my foot into that door. Yeah. Like just sure. to get in the door to have that meeting. Like it's, yeah. it's not just a. It's, it's you earned it, bro. Right. I'm, I'm going to tell you that straight up. Right. And. You know, if you'll recall, I'm sure you recall, you had an opportunity to open a brick and mortar in Deer Park yep. a couple of years earlier. Mm-hmm. And if you remember the feeling you felt when that shit fell through. <laughs> it crushed me, bro. Yeah. When I say it crushed me, it crushed ev- almost every fiber of my being. Yeah. And I remember telling you at the time, bro, like, this just, now you know, because you didn't even know you really wanted to do that no. until you had the Mm-mm. chance and right. it fell apart. Yeah. For sure. You learned something about yourself that day. Like, right. Maybe I do want to do this. And you still, you didn't give up. You didn't sulk. You put yourself, you grinded. Right. And you found yourself in the right place at the right time through hard work, man. Right. So, but let me ask you, where, since since the day you opened up YouTube and you decided, hey, man, I think I'm trying to make some coffee. Let me put the soap aside. <laughs> That's soap. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you for a second. I was cleaning out all my closets the other day, yeah. and the amount of fucking company shirts that I have is fucking stupid, dude. It is fucking stupid. There's probably fucking ten of them in there, and one of them is a medium. 
Yeah. Which I will never in my fucking <laughs> for the rest of my life on this earth wear a medium shirt. <laughs> but, you know, it's just one That's of those hilarious. things. That's hilarious. But from that moment when you first decided, man, let me see. Sorry, I, what it would be like. I lost my headphones again. Okay, give me just there. A it second. goes. It's in. It's probably the wire. Okay, right I got here. you. I'm sorry, man. No, you're good. I have to get some real headphones eventually. You know what? I I think you can put. Do you have earbuds on you? No. Okay. I think you can plug earbuds into this thing, Bluetooth. If it keeps happening, just let me know. Okay. Okay. Um, but getting back to what we were saying, um, from the moment that you first decided, man, let me see how easy it would be or hard to be to make some coffee. Mm-hmm. At what point was that decision, was legacy a part of that decision? When we moved? Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, it. I mean, we... We pay cash for everything we do. We have no lines of credit. We have no, like, everything we do is cash. Yeah. And it was always one of those things, like, if it fails, we'll just, we'll fucking try again. Like, we'll try right. something else. This time is is different, man, because it's not just me involved. I have six employees. Exactly. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's very, very different. It's very, going from e-commerce I mean, we're still in e-commerce. That's half our business. But assuming a, a storefront, um, I don't know. It's it's hard. To, it's hard to put into words. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not a. Uh, I just, I just kind of assumed it was just going to be the same as e-commerce. Yeah. Dude, it and is. It's definitely not as easy to just cut bait and no. decide I'm going to do something else. Right. It's it's <laughs> it's not. Um, I don't know, man. It's a it's a hard question to answer. So because it's yeah. it's not a when you think legacy though, when it comes to Fair Dinkum Coffee Shop, right? The name Fair Dinkum. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, especially in Wimberley and in Deer Park, right. an established name, mm-hmm. a name that people right. recognize. Yeah, Clark is a name that people recognize in both of those places. Mm-hmm. Um, one day you won't be here, right? And I'm assuming you probably operate life, business in a way that, because, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming maybe your girls will want to take over at some point. Maybe I, they won't. Maybe who, they won't. I, I, I really, um, Zoe's showed interest in it. Has she? Yeah. Okay. Um, but let's say either scenario, they okay. take it over or. You're no longer here, and they decide, you know what, we're going to sell it to somebody else who's passionate right. about coffee because we know that's what our dad would want. Right. <clears throat> Do you ever think to yourself, and this, I, don't, I hope this doesn't get morbid, and this is also going to sound repetitive because I've asked some of the other people about this. What are people going to say about Chris Clark when Chris Clark isn't here? I want people to know that you can run and operate a business at the same time as giving back and helping every soul that is humanly possible. Mm-hmm. I think that a a lot of people have the idea of business owners are fucking flooded with cash and selfish and selfish and that's and greedy. just not the yeah I mean I say it's not the truth I'm trying to break that generational there are some that like I mean the whole reason we started is because of the Deer Park Tigers fundraiser like yeah. I was a fundraising coordinator for the Tigers, and I realized how many people truly did not give a shit about the safety equipment for the kids or 
the mouthpieces. Like they didn't give a, f- yeah, they didn't care, and it blew my mind. And that's kind of what I want everybody to know from my standpoint. Like, you can be successful. You can be very successful while also doing so much for your family, for your community, for the people that walk in your store, for the people who, I mean, dude, there's been times where people have walked in and they just want a bottle of water and their card will decline. Take that fucking water, bro. Like, yeah. you take that water. I, it's on yeah, me. And sure. the spirit of those people were like, thank you so much. Like, you have no idea how much yeah. I, pr-. like, it's, that's what I want. I want the change. I want to be part of the change. I don't want to be part of the problem. That's a beautiful thing, man. You remember when we first started this podcast, we developed a motto. Uh, what if a couple nobodies from Texas changed the world? I'm fixing to put it on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, I don't want to jump ahead, but I don't know if we changed the world, man, but I know that we definitely made an impact. You impacted it. On our, For sure. our little sliver of the world. For sure. And we will get into that um, a little bit later. In the spirit of this, if you don't mind, man, I want to hear some hear from some of the people who supported us from day one. I want to start with a Stephen Terry interview that okay. I did, um, and hear his his take on legacy. Once again, um, there's a reason that we all became a team. I feel like myself, right. you, Stephen, Sarah, we're all really like minded people. Right. Um, each of us have a unique perspective, but there are some similarities. Like I said, I I don't think it's going to be repetitive. I got a funny story about Sarah here in a second. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have you tell that when we get to her interview, but let's listen to the Stephen Terry interview and okay. I talked to him about legacy and what it meant to him. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much, Stephen, for being here. Uh, I have Stephen Terry in the house that Stephen built, oh, uh, man. the Stephen Terry, I guess, pest services now studio, right? Kind of, sort of, I guess. <laughs> Stephen Terry services. We do a couple, we do yeah, you doing stuff. You're doing some good things, man. Try some to. good things. I appreciate you stopping by. Um, and helping me out with this final episode of Smells Like Middle Age Spirit. Final for now, I guess we'll say. Um, and the reason that you're here is because the topic of the episode is about what will your legacy be. Wow. And when I text you and I asked you to come on the show, I told you, I don't know too many people building a better legacy for their family for generations to come than you. So on top of the fact that you've been number one, like one of our biggest supporters from day one, You've sponsored the show. It just felt fitting, man, to ask you to come be a part of it. So I appreciate you being here. I appreciate the invite. Um, so I guess for the I guess for maybe somebody stumbles upon this show for the first time, let's just tell them who you are, what you do, and then I'll start asking you a little bit about where it all got started. Um, so Stephen Terry Pest Elim- Elimination slash Stephen Terry Services now. Um, what is it? What do you do? And what inspired you to get into that business? Let's start there. Oh man, uh, to to be honest with you, so we do we do pest control, so it's uh, not a flashy business to be in by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But um, so you can turn do, that mic towards you a little bit too. There you go. That good. That's good. So you know we do pest control, and that's uh, my dad started his pest control business in 1978, and then in '98 he sold it. Around 2000, beginning of 2000, uh, I, my dad and I started another business together. Yeah. And we did that for about, oh man, probably around 10 years together. And that's kind of after the 
the economy tanked a little bit and right. people were filing for bankruptcy and man, we were just losing business left and right. No matter what we did, we just couldn't keep up. So yeah. um, we, I went and got a job at the plant and worked in the plants for close to 10 years, uh, about yeah, close to 10 years, somewhere around there. And then um, I just got burnt out and I said, man, I am, I, I work because I want to make money so I can spend time with my family, but I'm working so much mm -hmm. that I don't have time to spend <laughs> with my family. Yeah. So it, it doesn't make sense, you know? And uh, so I told my wife that I wanted to quit my job. She thought I was crazy. <laughs> yeah. She said that if anybody could do it, I could do it. And I never really understood that because, you know, she's my biggest supporter like anything i want to do she's like you can do it absolutely and i never really had that belief in me but somebody when somebody believes in you it comes inside and it you know you're able to take it and, and really do something with it oh, yeah, so for sure. i wanted to do that because i wanted to start a business and be with my family yeah. and so i just took that motivation i quit my job took the business that my dad and i had been running you know for the last several years I was in the plant still doing this on the side with my dad and I was like, let's let's see what we can do. And uh we rented a little shop on Center Street and just working hard and lots of beans and rice and <laughs> rice and beans. Yeah. Uh, you know, to make it work to, you know, here we are about six years later almost. Well, yeah, about six years later. And uh it's finally starting to really be something. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you, we, I, before we re started recording, I said, for me, when I was young, legacy was never something I really thought about. So you told me just a few minutes ago, you know, your motivation was wanting to spend time with your family. You were making good money in the plant, but you weren't having any quality time with your wife, your kids. Um, was legacy thinking about what you would leave behind? Was that ever part of the thought process? Absolutely. Because... Um, Part of the issue was that, um, so my dad had his business and I never, when, before he sold it, I never really thought I, it was kind of a, I, one day I thought, okay, he'll die or whatever. And then I'll take it over. Right. And not really thinking about taking the reputation that my dad had and build upon it. Right. Until I felt like it could all go away one day. And then I was thinking to myself, what am I going to do with it? Mm -hmm. You know, like I had a perfect opportunity to take something. My dad has a great reputation in the industry and I could have built all on that. And that was kind of part of why how, when I came to that decision was really more after my sister passed away. I, my uh, sister passed away uh, in, oh man, I want to say it was, uh, was it 2014, somewhere around there mm -hmm. is when I really kind of started changing how I was thinking about stuff. Gotcha. And, um, oh, golly, I was 39. It's right before my 40th birthday. I'm 48 now. Holy moly. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm old, man. Yeah. <laughs> but that was, on this, man. that was kind of the thing that, uh, like, after my sister passed away, and then you go work in the plant, and you're in the plant on a, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, and you're on the plant, you're making your rounds, you're doing your thing, and you got nothing to do except for think, mm -hmm. you know? And so I really, you know, my sister passed away so young. It's like, man, if I was to die today, yes, but what, then the plants could happen. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> like that. Yeah, we see, we've seen some stuff. 
But yeah. I, I just really started thinking about it from that standpoint. And yeah. a friend of mine, uh, Ron Martin, went to a funeral and I, somewhere in this in this time frame, and there was a the, the funeral that he went to. Uh, I didn't know the guy, but he said that when he was there, all the people that were coming up and talking about him, they were saying about all the cool things that he had done, all the people that he had helped. Yeah. Um, and things like that. And he he had asked, he said, you know, I, I want to leave a legacy like that. He goes, is that is that morbid? And I Absolutely. thought to myself at that very moment, I said, if you didn't think that, something would be wrong with you. But yeah, because man. you do think that way, I feel like you got the right. And it kind of sparked me into thinking in, in very similar ways. Like, okay, yeah. when I die, how long is that funeral procession going to be? And are these people going to yeah. be like, oh, man, I'm so glad that dude's gone. Bro, it's so funny that you say that. That's the exact thoughts I was having like just a few weeks ago. And the reason I say, you know, when I was 14, 15, early 20s, I wasn't thinking about that shit. We're going to live forever, right? Like oh. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you get, I guess, our age and you're getting closer to death, <laughs> maybe, you know, some of the people that we grew up with or that we know are in our age group, they start passing away. You start thinking about this stuff, man. And... That's funny because I was at work and I was like, do I want to do this until I die? Like, absolutely not, man. I was like, what? First of all, pause the future. Like, I start thinking about what have I done up to this point? Um, and for me, uh, my life early on, my I'd say my my early 20s, maybe even my late 20s, was a lot of like untapped potential when I look at it and rather than get down on myself about it, I say, Hey man, I I've still carried that potential to the age of, you know, to my mid thirties to age 39 now, like, what am I going to do with it? Am I going to let it expire? Or am I going to do something with it, man? And it's just funny that you said that it was a funeral because like I when you, I don't, it, it's funny that he said morbid. Cause I, it is kind of, I guess you could see it that way. But at the same time, it's like it's realizing that time is precious mm -hmm. and that one day you won't be here. And do you want to leave this earth having not left a lasting impression, a lasting mark somewhere? And that that could take many forms. So what I'll ask you is what is your idea of leaving behind a legacy in your perfect scenario? What does that look like for Steve and Terry? You know, I used to think it was money. Mm -hmm. It's not. Um because I, I truly I feel like if, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to make some money. I'll, right. I'll have money to leave to the family and stuff like that one day. But I, I work with my wife. I work with two of my sons. Uh, my daughter graduated from high school last year. She's been in college. She's about to go away to college uh, in the fall of this year. Yeah. And then I have a 15-year-old who's in high school. He's going to be a sophomore next year. But... They want to be around me. Yeah. Maybe not all the time. <laughs> but, right. Um, and then that is other people who see on the outside looking in see that, and then they want to be a part of it too. They're like, man, he works with his kids. You know, yeah. I want to go work with him, and then one day I can bring my kids in. Yeah. And so the legacy of, like, that, oh man, I wish I, I wish I knew this question was coming. I would have pulled out the meme. 
Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, that I love my wife mm-hmm. and that um, that I love my kids and that everything that I do is to make sure that they're taken care of and that and that they know it. Yeah. You know, and that and what I do is I love my wife so well that my kids know that she's number one and mm-hmm. they're a distant second but <laughs> you know but yeah. I, 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 I the meme I wish I would I would have uh, sh- uh read it or whatever but it's that it's ev- cool if you tell knows. me what it is I'll make sure it makes it to the show okay so we'll, we'll edit it in <laughs> but it was but that to me is that everybody that I, I my legacy is that I loved hard mm-hmm. my wife and my kids and that they they knew it no matter what so if, if I leave here tonight and I die in a car wreck yeah. I know without a shadow of a doubt that every single one of them knows that they're very special to me. That's beautiful. To me, man. that's that's the legacy that I want to leave. Absolutely, man. And that's beautiful. Because not once did you mention money, your very successful business, and all of that's important, you know. Um, if you were to leave tomorrow, they would need those things. Um, but that stuff's not gonna last forever. The memory of you loving them, the memory of them of you starting a business and including them. And it being a family business, that name, Terry, is your legacy. And I can just tell you, man, from the outside looking in, that's the whole reason I wanted to have this conversation with you, man, because it's inspiring to me. I know it's inspiring to other people, man. And, like, you have become a staple in this community. And I'm just just proud of you, bro. I appreciate that. That's really the most I can say about it. Um, And I hope that before they put me in the dirt, I'll have close – to the legacy of Stephen Terry, and I'm working on it, man. Oh man, uh, you're doing a great job. <laughs> I mean, this is all this right here is, is really cool. I mean, to come start out with um, you know, a, a microphone, yeah, to cameras, <laughs> and you know, you got the 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 mix board over there and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. those those are things you know, that that progress and stuff like that. That's an example of you know of progressing and stuff like that. That's you showing your kids and your yeah. wife, you know, think that of what can be done yeah, if you just sure. try hard. And you and I have talked a little bit about, you know, some of the stuff I'm thinking about doing, planning on doing, working on doing. And I'm not going to lie, dude, like you were part of the the spark that lit that fire because, you know, anytime I have an idea and it's just me with that idea, I still, even though I've, I've gotten a lot better at this, I still have that tendency of being like, man, is that really a good idea? But man, I, there's a couple of people, if I have an idea, I know I'm going to hit that person up. And they're going to gas me the fuck up over it. It's, it's you. It's Chris Clark. If I tell you guys, yo, man, I want to do this, there's nothing but positivity. And like, hell yeah, go get it, boo-boo, you know? And um, and I appreciate that. It's like you said, and, and my wife the same way. I mean, I, you know, the first time I told her about some of the things that I'm that I'm working on, um, like just, I could, it, <laughs> I sent her a text message about it, but I could feel her joy mm-hmm. in the text message through her response. So, like that's the kind of stuff that that's that spark that you need, and then you know you t- take it from there. But I think at our age, it is important to think about those things um, because if I told my son when we were having a discussion a few days ago, I was like, I cannot leave this world having not giving you something that's going to serve you well and last you for the rest of your life, and that has nothing to do, like you said, with money. It's it's even if it's just words, and like I said, even if it's this podcast, if my great great grandkids can go back. And listen to some of the stuff I've said. Some of the stuff I may not want them to hear. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I hope that I did enough good things. You know, it's it's a great thing when I hear back from somebody who's listened to the show 
and they tell me, hey, man, like this really helped me out, that conversation that you had. Or I can relate so much to this. And then they'll just, me getting comfortable being vulnerable and talking about things that I've gone through all of a sudden makes them comfortable to do so. And maybe they were never comfortable to do that before. You know, or somebody just telling me, yo, man, I was having a bad day. I listen to your show and I laugh my ass off. Little things like that, man. That's that's enough legacy for me. If it never gets any bigger than what it is now, which I hope that it will. But I mean, I'm I'm going to be happy with it, man. So what I will say um, for you, I know you're not done yet. <laughs> not even. Close. I know that for for certain, man. I, mean, I just had a conversation today about adding another another service to my business, <laughs> and my wife was in the other room listening to it. Yeah, and, I think uh, I hit you on Facebook the other day. I was like, "Y'all start doing taxes yet?" Because <laughs> oh man, you should. <laughs> Maybe you good should, business <laughs> for real, man. For real. But um, I just like I said earlier, man. I'm proud of you. I thank you so much for everything you've done, and um. I have some projects coming up soon that I still want you to be a part of. Man, man. I'm like, excited about I that. I am in the Steve and Terry business. I want to be. I want to continue to be. Hell yeah. So, man, I appreciate it. And shout out to your family, your wife, uh, your kids, your entire family, and all the families that you guys are helping by employing them, man. It's a beautiful thing. It, it is also. I, I mean, I, I you know, I, I truly, truly believe that um, that I'm I, when I do this, that I'm helping people. Like, yeah. it's, you know. It's weird because you people may think that I'm only trying to achieve my dreams or whatever, mm-hmm. but I help I want to help people achieve their dreams. For sure. And then in the process, it does help me do mine. Absolutely. But you know, it's like I got young guys that work for me. I got four, five guys that are 20 years old that work for me. Mm-hmm. And one day they're gonna buy a home. They're gonna they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have a kid. Yeah. All these things. And, you know, I want to be a part of that, help them buy that house, help them, you know, buy all those baby clothes, and, <laughs> you know, help them buy yeah, that man. engagement ring or whatever and stuff like that. I, I, I take pride in it. That will, yeah, to me, those will be awesome things. Yeah. That, sir, is the definition of legacy. And you're doing it big, bro. Like, I can't say enough about you, bro. I will dote on you all day, every day. <laughs> Anybody ask me, I tell people on purpose, hey, I know Stephen Terry. <laughs> hey, you didn't even ask me, but I'm going to let you know. Before, I know Stephen Terry. Before I met my wife, you wouldn't have said that. You wouldn't have been like, who? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, shout out to her then, man. As always, as always. Uh, Shanda, we love you. Um, to all your boys, like I said, your whole family. Thank you for the support you've given to this show, man. I'm looking forward to to much, much more, man. I'm actually, you know, you say that about me, but I, I feel the same way about you because... I've always talked about doing a podcast and, you know, yeah. I have those things that hold me back that, oh, you, you know, you sound like a redneck. Nobody's <laughs> going to listen to you. Uh, you know, yeah. and so you, I have, the, I still have that, those, those voices in the back of my head. Yeah. I'm sure you've had some of those things in the back of your head, but you did it anyway. Yeah, so I, I mean, honestly, that this is somewhat of an inspiration to me as well. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll, we'll ride each other's coattails to victory. I'm okay with that. I'm with it, man. All right, man. Well, thanks for doing this interview, bro. And uh, I look forward to, uh, Everything that you have going on in the future, man. Yes, sir. Thanks. All right. I fucking love that guy. My man, Stephen <laughs> Terry. <laughs> fucking dude. My man, Stephen Terry. Um, yeah, man. He's uh, he's one of a kind, bro. I, If you recall, he was listening to our podcast, and he was like four episodes in before mm-hmm. he even realized that we were local. Right. And... um. From the moment he hit us up, dude, he's been yeah, he's been ride or die, man. And he's yep. he's sponsored this show. He's 
he he truly does want to see other people succeed and that's going to be part of his right. legacy as well um i do have a slightly shorter interview with sarah uh, do you want to tell the sarah story first or <laughs> so yeah so when we were so when we bought the shop yeah. there's so many fucking things you have to think like that you wouldn't even think about yeah and one of those things was signs like right. i didn't even I didn't even think about, oh, we're going to have to fucking, we're going to have to put signage all around this building, right? Right. I'm on the phone. I'm talking. Hey, I said, who are you talking to? Said, Sarah. She said, Chris, we don't fucking live in Houston anymore. Like, we don't, <laughs> we don't live there. I said, I, listen, I made Sarah a fucking promise. Yeah. That if I'm in Deer Park or I'm in Colorado or Cal- I, wherever I land, yeah, she will be the person who designs all of my <laughs> shit and prints all my shit. And I'm not yeah. kidding you, dude. I fucking drove to Houston to pick my signs up and drove right the fuck back. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Uh, her and Travis, man, are no, talking about, and we'll get to her interview in a second, but I just wanted to say this. Like, one thing that this podcast has done for you and I, I wouldn't know half of these people. Right. If it mm-hmm. wasn't for the podcast or for you being in business. Like, right. We've made some real connections with it. And Sarah is one of those people, salt of the earth people. Yeah. Um, and she's also building a legacy. And I talk, got a chance to talk to her about that in, in our interview. Okay, I am here in Studio A. And I am talking to Sarah Copeland. I almost call you cool again so many times. <laughs> like, that's what I know you as. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I'm um, talking to Sarah Copeland, who is a very good friend of the show. You guys may remember her. Um, from the episode that she was on, I believe it was 24, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, formerly of the Urban Soap Bar, Mm -hmm. you helped us with our, um, Holly Jolly Jackets drive. Anybody who listens to this show on the regular, they should know who you are by now. And if you don't, shame on you. (laughs) But obviously the reason you're here, and I want to thank you so much for helping me with this final episode, at least now of the smells like middle-aged spirit podcast it's a twofold reason the the topic of the episode is what real legacy be and when i decided i wanted to bring in some people who i felt like were building their own legacy you're one of the first people i thought of and um and i think that's a beautiful thing but also i wanted to thank you so much for your support of this show and the many forms that it's taken over the past couple of years um we've always been able to count on you i mean you put our (laughs) <laughs> our awesome sticker up on the wall um you and travis have been have been very very essential to what we're doing here so i thank you i thank him and uh, i wanted to give you guys your flowers publicly and talk about just that legacy so let's go back okay. um the last time you were here you kind of told us the the story of of urban soap bar and some of the troubles that you faced yes. <laughs> starting that running it <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's I guess we can give an update. So officially Urban Soap Bar right now is Finito. Non-existent. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that happens. Anybody who's been an entrepreneur before, uh you can ask Chris Clark. He, he's the king of starting business <laughs> and he finally got one that sticks. Um and I think you're on to something as well. So but we always we always appreciate the hustle and the try hard. But I want to ask you, let's go back to that time when you were starting a business in relation to the idea of legacy. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons you decided you want to start a business of your own. 
did the idea of legacy ever enter your mind in that process? It did, yes. So when I started it, I actually was pregnant. So I had my daughter and my dad had always had his own business. Mm -hmm. And because of him always having his own business, it, it wanted it made me want to do that. Like I was like, you know, I see him and that's that's how I want to be. Even to the point where I literally still have his briefcase from when I was 6 years old. Right. And I just pulled it out of the attic the other day to be like, oh, man, <laughs> I have this briefcase as a, yeah. a symbol. <laughs> like right, right. he had his own business. I'm going to have my own business. And so back then, you know, I kind of, I wanted something that my daughter could, you know, eventually take over or something that would help her um, as she's growing, something she can fall back on. If she doesn't want it to do anything herself, at least she'll have something that I'm, I can leave to her right. or even just give her the knowledge like my dad did. You know, I didn't, he owned a construction company. Obviously I didn't want to do construction. <laughs> right. So, you know, but he did build that inside of me to, to want to do my own thing. Right. So if, if anything, I was trying to do that too. So, so that was an idea in your head when you started it. Yes. Um, so I was, you know, I've said in the interview with um, with Stephen, so to the listening audience, this might get repetitive, but when I was a teenager, a young adult, legacy was not something I had all thought about. Like, um, it wasn't until I got older and maybe started, sounds morbid, like getting closer to the end or to death. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Or if you experience things in life, you start thinking about that. Like, what am I leaving behind? Right. And for you can you just explain what sarah copeland's idea of legacy like what would your legacy in your perfect scenario what does that look like what is that what is the definition of that to you so i can say that it's definitely changed many times over the years through experience every time i experience something else it changes my perception of things right but um you know i always first with my children, but I've also always wanted to leave an impact on, on more than just my kids. You know, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to do things for a lot of people and, and just be more selfless because when I was younger, I saw a lot of selfishness in, in people that were really close to me. Yeah. And I wanted to not be that way. I wanted to, to do for as many people as I could, like how we met the jacket drive right. and, you know, just, it's, it's always kind of been that for me. Right. So, um, you know, we've talked about this previously, but, you know, like you've said, uh, when you go, who, who, like, what are people going to say about you? That yeah. I don't want what people say about me was, oh, yeah, she just worked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. I want it to be, right. to be more than that, too. I want, I want to help people and I want my kids to want to help people. I want them to be the good in the world. So, you know, whether it's having a business or writing a book or, you know, working somewhere that helps other people or making people happy, doing things for others. I want to instill that and then inspire other people to do the same thing. And that I think that to me is legacy um, for not, like I said, not just my kids, but other people too, to just to make yeah. an impact. I think that's perfectly, perfectly defined. And speaking of making people happy, leaving something behind, legacy, and writing a book. And you told me in February is when you published your first book, Goodnight Troll, which is yes. a children's book, correct? Yes. Can I just say that your 
is it called a pseudonym? Yes. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to have to tell a little story for that. Yes. Please let okay. us know. who. So how did you come up with Anita, Anita Pen? Pen? Anita Pen. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when I thought back to my childhood, it was always about books, but also with my dad, we watched The Simpsons all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Bart used to prank call Moe's all the time. Right. And that <laughs> that's where I got it from. Like, you know, I want to do awesome. a kid's pseudonym, for, like name, but I don't know what I want it to be. And then... Right. Obviously, I can't do Seymour Butts. So. Right. <laughs> well, <maybe you> <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's writing. I need a pen. I need yeah. a pen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is amazing. So the book is Goodnight Troll. Um, so tell us a little bit about it. Where did so, you get the idea? What's it about? My family's Norwegian. Mm -hmm. And when my mom went to Norway for the first time that I can remember, she brought back these little trolls. And then um, I kind of started collecting them. She collected them. And, you know, we always got to hear stories about what Norwegians believe in and trolls and witches and just, you know, right. cool little cute stuff. And right, right, right. Uh, when we go to Disney every year, there was um, in Epcot, they have a Norway area mm -hmm. and there was a giant troll and it's still there. <laughs> and I just kind of always remember that. And I'm like, you know, it'd be cute to kind of mix childhood memories with heritage. And um, I like the Berenstain Bears as my Kind of books that I used right, to read right, when right. I was younger. Absolutely. So I was like, why don't I do trolls? Because, you know, Norwegian. And so yeah. my family's name was Tollefsen. That's their maiden, my mom's maiden name. Okay. And so I went with the Tollefsen trolls. Nice. It's kind of the play on Berenstain Bears. Right, right. <laughs> and it rolls off the tongue very yeah. nicely. So awesome. Tollefsen trolls. And you know, another popular book is Goodnight Moon. That's kind of like a super popular kids book. And I was like write a bedtime story for trolls, you know, just kind of put all these things together that I, from nostalgic yeah, kind yeah, of absolutely. point of view. And uh, so that, that's where it came from. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll tell you what, it looks amazing. Uh, the illustration. My father-in-law did all that. Chuck Copeland. Okay. Yes, that's your father-in-law. Yeah. Awesome. It looks great. I'm going to, um, I'm actually going to e either take pictures of this so I can put it on the show. Or maybe you can, I don't know if, I don't want to take any copyrighted material from you. Oh, no, yeah, <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a beautiful book. It's a cute little thing. How many pages is it? Only 27. Only 27. Yeah. So what would you say the age range? Um, anywhere from like two to eight. Okay. You know? My daughter's 11 and she wants to read it. Oh, so. good. Well, then perfect. <laughs> Children of all ages. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Okay, okay. And it's, you said it's designed to be like a bedtime storybook. Yes. So preferably to be read by adult to child. Yes. But children can read it as well. Right. Um, that's amazing. I think it's awesome. I'm glad that I got a copy and I'm going to get you to sign it for me before yes. you leave. Because just in case, you know, it might be worth something someday. No, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> it's. It's worth everything, and that's why I could never get rid of it. So, when I started it, you know, I was looking at illustrators on Fiverr, and then I was like, you know, I'm gonna get my father-in-law to do it because I love his art anyway. Yeah. And I like the little monster looks, and he's like, I don't know, I don't know, is there trolls? You maybe should be cute. I'm like, I don't want them to be cute. If you see the Norwegian <laughs> trolls, they're not cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got to look like the no, stuff that you do. No, you hit the nail on the head, man. It, look, <laughs> it looks great. So shout out to you, Chuck. That's uh. That's awesome. And you know what? I don't think it would have meant the same if it was just some right. random exactly. fiber person. More legacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. 
Now so, I need to be my grandpa did the art, my mom didn't. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's just awesome. And I, I wish you all the best. You said you're working on two more two books? Two more, yes. So I'm going to have a Happy Halloween Troll and Merry Christmas Troll. Okay, so we're going to turn this into a series, basically. Yes. Okay, that is awesome. Uh, I can't wait for that. And then uh, hopefully a children's television show. That would or be maybe so great. a children's internet streaming show. Uh, through Stevenson Media. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, that's something we can talk about later because I'm going to tell you the same thing that I told Steven Terry. Um, even though this particular show may or may not be coming to an end, I'm not done with podcasting and I do not want to get out of the Sarah Copeland, Travis Copeland. I don't want to get out of the Copeland business. So I hope that we will continue to do things together. Uh, mm -hmm. You mentioned to me the doing the jacket drive again yes. and i look very much forward to discussing that further because i would be thrilled to be a part of that um i got some things i'm working on you clearly got some things you're working on both of us trying to chug along and build some legacy and um i'll tell you the same thing i told Stephen. i'll we can ride each other's coattails of victory yes uh i will gladly share this book with anyone uh i can get a listening ear for and uh, I look forward to the next ones coming out as well. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. thank you so much for all your support from the show. And we will, this isn't goodbye. It's just see you later. <laughs> and I want to say to you also, thank you for supporting me through my many ventures. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And always, and we'll continue to do so. Promise you that. So thank you so much for being here. All right. That was Sarah Copeland of Copeland Signs. And now... Uh, A.K.A. Anita Penn. <laughs> <laughs> Anita Penn. <laughs> and uh, she did sign the copy of her book. I nice. have it. It's great. Um, another great person that we came to know. Truly uh, wonderful. the course of, you know, just being a part of this community and doing the podcast. And she's somebody who supported us super, super heavy. Right. So um, winding things down, we got a chance to talk about legacy you're building Fair Dinkum. We got a chance to talk about some of the people who supported us and the legacy they're building. And there's many more. I mean, I think about um, the crew that replaced you. Mm -hmm. um, I want to shout out to Josh Beard, to Naomi Richardson, and to Chris Khan, each of them in their own way. Um, they are part of the fabric of this show, right. obviously, as well. And they're all trying to build legacy in their own lives. You know, Josh with his new realty group, uh, Crush City Realty. Um, I'm really impressed with Chris Khan's ability to create things. I didn't realize how creative he was. Like when he does, he's always work, been like that. Yeah. Since I met, I met Chris in sixth grade and he's always been extremely yeah. creative and he's building things that will last long mm -hmm. beyond his, his, his years here on this earth. Yep. Um, Naomi Rich is in the same thing, you know, with her business, um, doing graphic design. I believe she's still part of the Laporte Chamber. She's very involved in the community. She's touched a lot of other people's projects with her work. Um, and she was a very important contributor to this show. Right. Um, <laughs> I've I actually, I, I, I haven't spoken to her in quite some time. But if, you know, I said this in the previous episode and I'm saying this now, like if you get a chance to listen to this, Naomi, Josh, Chris, um, I would have loved to have had done an interview with the three of you the timing it just didn't work out unfortunately um but you guys are a fabric part of the fabric of this show and very much appreciated and you guys are a part of not only your own legacies that you're building but you're part of the legacy of this show and if you don't mind chris i'd kind of like to talk about a little bit of what the legacy of smells like middle-aged spirit will be okay 
um, when we started it, um, we talked about the fact that we were brothers-in-law, but that didn't guarantee that we were going to be friends because right. we were two very different people. Right. <laughs> and I think that's what intrigued us about the possibility of doing a show together is because um, we would have different perspectives on mm -hmm. the different topics that we were talking about. And I talked about when we first started how this show really encapsulated the different changes in our life. Right. I can say the person I was in 2019 when we started versus the person I am today is not the same. Two different people. And I think I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, before I met you, um, I would say you were a very proud and firmly stanced person on your beliefs. Mm -hmm. Somebody who didn't really want to hear anything else. Nope. <laughs> nope. And had no interest in even having a discussion about anything that might right. be different than what you already believe. And I'm not, I think there's a lot of things that contributed to you eventually softening that stance. Yeah. And even, I mean, you're still essentially the same person. I think I'm, I, to, I don't go ahead. Just to be honest, I, I don't, I don't know that I am honestly, okay. it, it is, I would just and, say your core values. Well, right. I think your core, that's yes. what I mean. Your okay. core values are the same. Okay. However, there are some parts of you that maybe you thought were your core. And th that's extremely accurate. My, my view of the world has changed substantially. Yeah. Substantially. And my mind has opened up substantially. Yeah. And I'm not at all, like I know, like I said, there's a lot of contributing factors to mm -hmm. that. But I know for a fact this podcast was a part of it. Absolutely. Because we had a chance to sit down every week and talk to each other and yep. gain perspective on things that we otherwise probably would have. You probably never would have had some of the conversations we had. No. Outside of this. Nope. Um, I think about the fact our very first guests were our mothers. And we both have wonderful mothers. I love yes. your mother. I love my mother to death. Outside of this show, what do you think the odds are that they ever cross paths and sit down at the same table were it not for us being family and i'm gonna say like a 0.5 <laughs> maybe maybe like yeah. that's like that's really i mean i with i i don't i don't want to overstate it but you're probably right outside of this show there's probably a very very slim chance right that they ever cross paths and have the conversation that we had that day um and i'm I do. I, I. I'm proud of that. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm looking at a list of some of the things that we talked about uh, to really try to make a difference. And we had a fun time on the show. But here's some things we talked. We talked about domestic violence mm -hmm. with Caitlin um, and with Minnie. Uh, we talked about addiction, child abuse, how to disagree peacefully, how to listen, how to love yourself how to communicate with your partner when we had our wives on, uh, overcoming adversity, learning to laugh at yourself, and making a difference in your sliver of the world. Right. And there's many, many, you know, I always tell people that we got a lot more support than I suspected we would at, on dude, this show. Dude, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Like, but, oh, my God. I mean, sure. I still think that our podcast, I say all the time, it's like one of the best kept secrets in podcasting. I think anybody who's never listened to the show, if they go back, and they, because I think even what's beautiful about, like I said, we have a snapshot of history over the last three yeah. years. 
Think here's some of the things that happened during the course of us doing this show. The COVID pandemic. Bro, God. If you go back and listen <sighs> to the episodes that we did during the height of the, pan- <laughs> the right. pandemic, bro, it's wild. It's weird. I'm gonna because even though this show is done, like I'm still gonna have the, it'll stay. I want it to be on the internet as right. long as possible. Of course. So you'll be able to go back and listen to these episodes. If you ever get a chance, bro, like starting with episode 14. Okay. You're on the phone because we're we can't be in the same room right. together. Right. And like just some of the conversations and it was just a weird time, bro. Yes. <laughs> it's a really weird time. We did the that's one of the reasons we did the small business and freelance shout out. Which if you go back and listen to dude, that episode, I, dude, I forgot all about that. <laughs> so Holy underrated shit. of an episode, man, because the episode before that, because of the pandemic, we all of our guests like canceled. It was just yeah. weird, bro. Like, we, yeah. you and I weren't going to be in the same room. Mm-hmm. So literally all we did was get on the phone and call a bunch of people. Right. And just chop it up with them, see how they were doing, you know, doing our mental health checks. And a lot of those people happened to be small business owners. Right. Um, Stephen Terry was one of them. And, like, all of a sudden, we had an opportunity to kind of give some free pub. And we're like, hey, that's a good idea. Yeah. Let's do it again. Let's do free advertising. <laughs> Let people come on it and, bro, right. like... We got like 200 messages. Oh, the that page day. fucking blew <laughs> up, man. I've never seen um, so much fucking traction. But man, I think about some of the businesses that we that we highlighted in that. And I went back and listened to it not that long ago. Um, some of them were really struggling. City Cafe was struggling, yep. man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Harry Bogdanos came on and you could hear it in his voice, man. Yeah. Go back and listen to that episode if you guys get a chance. You can hear it in his voice. This dude was really concerned. Like he said, we're not making any money. I'm just trying to pay my employees. Right, right. He's like, I'm trying to make sure they can go home and right. feed their family. Um, but you could hear like the concern in his voice, man. It was a crazy time. Crazy time. Um, we witnessed uh, the George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery uh, mm-hmm. situation and the backlash that the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter and a lot of the, a lot of the good and a lot of the bad right. that came from that. Mm-hmm. Um, the United States president was impeached twice in the course of us <laughs> doing this show. Uh, Kanye West seriously ran for president <laughs> while we were doing this show. Um, the insurrection at the Capitol, like so many things that happen in history that are encapsulated in this show now. Like right. In 50 years, you'll be able to go back and see live reaction. It's kind of incredible to think about that. To those things that were happening. It's kind of cool. <laughs> Um, Will Smith getting the shit slapped out of him at the Oh Oscars. my god! <laughs> like, um, and then so many things in our lives, dude. Me, us buying this house, right? You moving to Wimberley, you. I mean, bro, when you quit the show, that was devastating to me, dude. Right? Like, I cannot, I can't overstate that. Like it was, right? But I completely understood why, and. Obviously, it was the right decision, dude. Like, right. look where you are today. <laughs> like, obviously, you made the right decision. Right. And you did it for all the right reasons. And, you know, this show, you know, the bittersweet feeling I feel about it ending. Like, if you could just imagine that you had to close doors on your shop tomorrow. Right. <laughs> like, that'd be tough, right? It's tough, yeah. Um, But, like I said, I, I'm really proud of what we did. I'm proud of what the show did for you. I'm proud of what it did for me. Um, and I don't know, man. I, like I said, I think, I think we did make an impact. 
in our little small part of the world. I agree a thousand percent. Let me let me give you guys. I'm gonna pull the curtain back and <laughs> reveal the trick. I was able to ingratiate myself into this community through you. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about through Tigers, our right. kids being. We built relationships within right. this community where I think I built some relationships. People trusted me. Mm-hmm. And part of the trick of this show is I knew we were going to have discussions that some of those people would probably never have right. with somebody they didn't know, yep. they didn't trust. Mm-hmm. I think about episode um, 20, our first episode doing video. We talked about the controversy with the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. And I remember you being so uncomfortable yeah. having that conversation. Yeah. Because number one, we're both afraid of saying the wrong thing. Right. Because if you say both sides are going to torch you if you say the wrong thing. <laughs> that's that that's like, a concern that I have to this day. Yeah. Just yeah. Honestly. Um but I will tell you, I'm very proud and I'm I'm in the course of the show in the post, I'm probably gonna include some clips of this stuff. Because I went back and listened to that, and the way I was able to explain a perspective to you and I, I'm a firm believer. You can say anything to anyone. It's all about how you say, how it. you deliver. You it. have to be able to relate to them right. on some level, yeah. especially when you're talking about difficult subjects like right. racism, because if you talk to a white person about racism, it's natural. It's inherently their defenses. are yeah, gonna Of go course. Up. Yeah. You think there's no, you can't, there's no person who isn't going to be that way. Right. And vice versa. Like anytime you have an uncomfortable conversation, the first thing that happens is you're ready to defend. Right. And which usually means you're not quite ready to listen. Right. And I remember listening back to that show when we were watching on the, um, cause we used to get together for the live chat, which I hope we will do for this episode. That would I, be wonderful. I think if we could get everybody back yeah, right. on the live chat one last time. But I remember listening back and Whitney was like, you really, the way you explain that, she's like, I really hope people will listen to this. And you said the same thing in that episode because we were talking about the um, the uh, statues coming down for Confederate statues. Yes. And mm-hmm. like, I kind of gave a little bit of a history of why people want those down rather than just, oh, that's racist. Right, right. That's right. not a really good explanation that's going to, if right. you can sit down and try to really give somebody perspective and the person you're talking to is going to have to have a little bit of empathy realizing like, my experience is not the same as everyone else's. Right. And that was really the point of this show, man. I wanted people to hear something different that they maybe wouldn't have heard. And I really think, I truly believe that Mark was hit. Yeah. Because to this day, I still talk about, I had a podcast, and this is what it was about, and this is what we accomplished. Yeah. Like, to this day. I mean, I, yeah. I still talk about it. And I don't know who else it affected. I mean, we've heard from a lot of people. Um, I want to shout out Raquel Stewart. Our very first second episode, I'm sorry, yeah, our our second episode, um, she listened to it from the jump. But our mm-hmm. second episode, I talked about um, a dispute that I had with my father. Mm-hmm. And we were doing the Love and Good Vibes uh, segment. And we had the story about the father who was about to die. And mm-hmm. he just wanted to have a beer with his sons before he left. Yep. And how that hit home for me because I had just had a dispute with my father. That was the first time that we talked about something. And it was just the second episode that I know connected with the audience because she called me and she's like, man, I laughed and cried at the same time during right. this episode because she was going through something with one of her parents. Right. Like, that's the reason we did this, man. And yeah, we did a lot of goofy stuff too, man. We did the dad jokes. Right. We did because <laughs> we wanted to entertain. Right, of course. You know, and, you know, we, but I always wanted to walk that line of 
having the important discussions right. and showing other people how two people from completely different backgrounds. Yeah. And when we brought in a whole other crew, like now you got right. five, six different people, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but so many people contributed to this show and I can't even sit here and thank them all. I will put them in the credits at the end. Um, but just off the top of my head, people I do want to thank. Obviously, Stephen Terry, Sarah. Um, I want to thank my good friend, Ricky Palacios, um, who listened to the show every day. Josh Beard, before you were a producer on this show, you literally, like, every day you called and you had some comment. You, I know you were <laughs> listening to the show. You were sharing it. And then you became a part of it. Um, Chris Kahn, who I probably wouldn't be doing this if he hadn't started Dude Stuff. Right. Like, I got to give him credit for that. Right. When he started Dude Stuff, that's what really got me thinking, like, man, I... I could do that. Right, for right? sure. So, I mean, there's so many people. Um, I can't even name it all. Everybody who was a guest. Um, I, I'm really proud of it, dude. When I go back and I listen to it, um, I was like I tell people, it's it's one of the best kept secrets, I think, in podcasting. Maybe I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but that's cool. Um, and so now that it's... I, I, brother, I couldn't think of a better way to end it than have you here um, because you were part of the reason. I got to thank you. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> you're, you're, you you were the spark that got things going. Because even though it was just an idea for me. Right. But, you know, once you had Gorilla, you, <laughs> you got it going. Uh, I have to thank our wives, my wife, um, for all the support that she gave me doing the show. Um, continues to give me. One of the reasons I'm even doing this episode, because I sold all of our shit. <laughs> behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. I sold all of our shit like two months ago. Right. And that was just going to be it. Yeah. And she's like, Why, what are you doing? I was like, oh, it's cool. Like, if I want to start back, I'll get more. She's like, I know you believe that. Right, right. She's, I'm telling you right now, if you don't go buy new stuff tomorrow in three months, you're going to still be saying, oh, I'm going to. Right, right. And, bro, I had to eat that shit. I'm like, she's right. It's a hard fucking pill to swallow, <laughs> but she's right. She's right. Yeah. And so I immediately went and got new stuff, and I was like, you know what? My podcast journey isn't done. Right now, there's still a lot of ideas. I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, I have some other ideas that you've been so gracious to, to, to help me out with. Um, I'll just let people know, like, cause it's been on social media. You allowed me to film a commercial for you. Mm -hmm. I hope we'll be releasing that soon. I want to continue to create and do the same thing that this show did, but maybe. Damn, I didn't even think about that. In another until format. Until you fucking just said that. <laughs> about what? I feel like I ruined the goddamn surprise. <laughs> <laughs> about what? About posting it on social media. Oh. About the filming stuff on the Instagram, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't, I didn't. I'm just now putting two and two together that you haven't publicly released anything. No, 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 no. It's cool. Dude. <laughs> I know. I mean, My bad. It's it's kind of generated some buzz for it, so it's right. cool. And when we finally release it, I think hopefully it'll be well received. It was my first one, but there's there's a lot of other things I want to do to make an impact, do similar things that this show did, right? But maybe with a different look. You yeah, know? for sure. And um, Sarah mentioned in her interview about doing the Holly Jolly Jacket still, mm -hmm. like this. This show's ending, but the movement continues, man. Right. We're still a couple nobody from Texas who are going to try to change the world, man. There you um, go. With that, uh, like I said, um, I'm probably going to add some clips in this show to um, kind of highlight for you guys nice. what some of my favorite moments were. But I just want to thank everybody. Um, I want to thank the old, you know, the crew as well, Josh, Naomi, um, and Chris, <laughs> Chris Khan. Um, and thank, thank your significant others, your wives, your girlfriends, um, your husband. Thank them for letting you guys take the time to do this and be a part of it. Like, and it is immortal. Uh, you guys did the show when I couldn't be here. So 
everything we did, um, I think it was important. I hope it's something we'll look back on fondly in the next two decades. And for uh, sure, we had a good time, man. So, you have anything you want to add before we wrap this bad boy up, man? Uh, I think that's pretty much it, dude. Um, I uh, I'm glad to hear that you are continuing in a solo manner and taking on a full project by yourself because like i said at the beginning of this you really you really got a knack for it yeah you got a you got a fire burning passion with talent behind it so it's it's gonna do you really well i appreciate it man i appreciate it man and i know that i have your support and that's huge for sure and uh and i know i have the support of the spirit the spirit sniffers man you're gonna continue to do the damn thing like i said there's we're still in the steven terry business we're still in the uh, Sarah Copeland business. I hope you guys will continue to be in the Chris Clark and Nick Stevenson business with all the things that we do. So I'm going to wrap this thing up, man. For the final time, it's been a pleasure being your gracious and humble host. Uh, I love you guys. I'm going to get us out of here. You guys know my name's Nick Stevenson. And my name's Chris Clark. And we won't see y'all next time.